Um, God, we want to thank you for already an awesome morning, Lord God. Of, uh, we thank you for your presence, God, that you're here. And we just pray over uh, the next few minutes that we've got together, God, that you would just speak and just reveal yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Why don't you, uh, yeah, be seated. There you go. Wonderful. Um, well, we've been doing a series, as you know, the past few weeks on... Uh, our identity is God's beloved children. And because uh, of time, I'm not going to kind of do any recap or anything like that. We're just going to go straight into kind of the final uh, final part this morning. And I, I want to kind of um, just kind of take it in a slightly different direction because um, I want to um, just speak for a little while on a word, one word um, that is in the Bible. Now, um, as many of you will know, the Bible is not written or wasn't originally written in English. The Old Testament was mainly written in Hebrew and the um, New Testament was mainly written in Greek. And then lots of clever people have translated it into English and across every other language or most languages in the world. Um, but who knows that sometimes things get lost in translation a little bit. I know that, um, <clears throat> I remember a number of years ago being in Argentina and a friend of mine called Scott who was on the trip, um, on the Sunday morning I sent him off on his own to preach in a church, um, but he needed a translator because the main translator was with me. Um, well, there was this old American guy on the, on the team and he said, oh, I can speak Spanish, I'll translate for you. So we all looked at him and thought, well, you know, this guy has struggled to order a coffee in, you know, you know, in coffee shop, can we really trust him to translate, you know, a false sermon? So, but he was insistent he could do it. Well, my friend Scott, he's a bit of a kind of fire and brimstone holiness preacher. Um, so he was up there kind of preaching a way that you need to repent, you need to get saved uh, and all this kind of stuff. And the congregation are laughing. Um <laughs> And so he's getting annoyed because he's thinking, I, I'm going for conviction, repentance, and they're just laughing. So the more they laugh, the, the more irritated he got. So he started preaching harder and stronger. And, you know, he's got them. You're all going to burn in hell and your kids are going to burn in hell. and all. You, but the harder he's preaching, the more they're laughing. Um, and at the end, he was just like, oh, what a terrible religious church and all that. And the translator, he said, oh, I couldn't translate a word you were saying. So I just knew some jokes in Spanish. So I was just telling them some jokes. So, so sometimes translation uh, doesn't work because of incompetence. Uh, but also sometimes there's not the equivalent word in one language. So, um, for example, I was in America uh, last year. And I was preaching a message, and the whole point of the message was, don't let the devil hijack the tannoy system of your life. Um, and so I was preaching all this way through. You know, there's a tannoy system that, that speaks, that broadcasts his messages. And God the Father, he wants to speak his love, his affirmation over the tannoy system of our lives. Um, but sometimes the devil can hijack that. Um, well, you know, after uh, yeah, I thought oh, this is a good message, but not quite getting the response I was hoping for. And at the end, someone came up to me and said, "What on earth is a tannoy?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, it, it's 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 a tannoy." <laughs> Surely you know what that means. And I was like, "Oh, just stupid American, whatever." And then another person came up and said, "What's a tannoy?" And I was like, "What?" On? So I googled it and. It, 
this apparently is a, is a joke in Alan Partridge, if you've ever seen that sitcom. But the Tannoy is the brand that is unique to, I guess, Britain or Europe. So I, I, I don't even know what is the generic PS. Yeah, I guess. But yeah. Um, so anyway, so I, they had no idea because there wasn't like the equivalent word in American English. Um, so they don't have a clue what I was talking about. Now, there's a word in the Bible that's actually used over 200 and 50 times in the Old Testament. Um, so it's used throughout the, the Bible in Hebrew. And it's such a rich, deep, beautiful, powerful Hebrew word. But there is not one English equivalent. And it is, if we can put it up, it's the word hesed. Now, if I was going to do proper Hebrew, you have to <laughs> hesed like that. So everyone clear your throat. <coughs> hesed. Do it like that. Um, and it's translated a lot of times love or kindness. Or sometimes it's put together and just translated as loving kindness. But there is not one um, kind of equivalent English word. So sometimes it's translated love, sometimes kindness, sometimes loving kindness. Sometimes it's translated mercy. Sometimes it's translated steadfast love. Sometimes it's, it's uh, translated grace. Sometimes it's translated goodness. And it also speaks as well of covenant loyalty. So think of this powerful word. It's one Hebrew word has said, but it means all these things. Mercy, love, goodness, kindness, steadfast love, covenantal loyalty. This is such an important word um, to Jewish people. I'll show you why in a moment. But there's a Hebrew scholar said that the whole world is established on three pillars. And if one of these pillars were to be removed, the whole world were to collapse. He said that these three pillars were, number one, the word of God. Number two, the worship of God. And number three, the hesed of God. The goodness, the kindness, the mercy, the love of God. And that's what this famous Jewish uh, rabbi taught, that the whole world is built, established on these three pillars. One of them being the said, the goodness, the kindness, the mercy, the love of God. One of the reasons why this, this word is so powerful um, and so important to Jewish people is because um, this is how God describes himself in one of the most important verses in the whole of the Old Testament. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn with me to Exodus 34. And by the way, didn't Richard do a great job leading communion this morning? And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that I, I'm going to share over the next 20 minutes or so is just simply just a, a repetition of what he said. But look at this in Exodus 34. It says this, uh, verse 4. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones and went up Mount Sinai early in the morning as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two, the two stone tablets in his hand. Now listen to this, verse 5. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. Um, you know, who knows? A lot of people have got their opinions over who God is. And what God is like. Uh, you know, but a pastor friend of mine in the state says sometimes 
God just comes down and because he's been so misrepresented he, by us lot, sometimes he just comes down and says, hey, I want to show you what I'm like. And this is one of those. So it doesn't matter what your opinion of God is this morning. It doesn't matter what my opinion is or Jared's opinion or any pastor or leader is. This is God's opinion of himself. God comes down and says this. He says, the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him. Can you just imagine that for, for a moment? God comes down and stands with Moses. And it says he proclaimed his name, Yahweh. I am who I am. And then get this. He passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, or Yahweh Adonai. Then this is what he says. The compassionate and gracious God. Slow to anger abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generations. He's a just God, right? He's a righteous God, a holy God. But look at this. God passes in front of Moses and he proclaims, and this fits in so well with what Richard was saying. I'm a compassionate God. I'm a gracious God. I am a God who is slow to anger. I am faithful. I maintain love to thousands. I forgive wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Glory to God. But then it says this, that he is abounding. Everyone say abounding. 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 Other translations say abundant. In now, in our Bible, it says love, but in Hebrew, it's hesed. I am the God who abounds with hesed. I am the God who is abundant in hesed. Uh, so remember, I'm the God who is abundant in mercy, abundant in kindness, abundant in love, abundant in grace, abundant in goodness. I am the one who is loyal to keep my covenant. Come on, someone say amen this morning. You know, some of the most famous scriptures in the Old Testament use this word, said. So Psalm 103, uh, which is one that we love to quote, um, it says there that, um, in fact, let me, uh, let me find it, although I should be able to quote it, shouldn't I? Uh, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. And then, he, how, this again, this is our God. Forget everything you think you know about God. Forget what religion has taught you about God. Forget even sometimes what the church has shown you about God. But this is how God says that he is. He is a God who forgives all of our sins. He is a God who heals all all of our diseases. He is the God who redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is our God. He is the God who forgives. He is the God who heals. He's a miracle-working God. He is the God who rescues. He's the God who redeems. He's the God who restores. He's the God who renews. He's the God that satisfies. Hallelujah. And then it says there, He crowns you with said. He crowns you with said and compassion. Think about that for a moment. 
He literally comes to Nicola and he puts a crown on her head. He crowns you with a said. He crowns you with kindness. He crowns you with love. He places it on you. Hallelujah. We've got a coronation coming up, haven't we? And I don't know when that is, but a, a crown is going to be placed on, on, on Charles's head, King Charles, and it's going to be a sign of honor and dignity and glory. Well, God comes to us and he crowns us. Who knows that our honor our glory is not our own righteousness or our own works or anything that we can do. Instead, God Almighty comes to us and He places His kindness upon our lives. He places His love upon our lives. And He says, this is who you are. It says that He, he takes away ashes and gives us a crown a beauty, a crown of said. So the ashes, those things in your life that appear dead, broken, destroyed, those areas of hopelessness, of pain, of suffering, of sickness, of shame, of regret, he takes away the ashes and he exchanges them for a crown of said. He places said his loving kindness on you and he says, this is who you are. You are a royal priesthood. You are sons and daughters of the king of kings. You are the disciple whom Jesus loves. He comes and says, those that were not loved, I call them my beloved. He places a said on you like a crown. Hallelujah. The most famous chapter probably in all the Bible. Psalm 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head. You place a crown on my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and said will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, some theologians have said that when it says follow, it literally means to pursue or to chase after. God pursues you with his said. His, his loving kindness, his mercy, his grace runs after you, pursues you. You know, you cannot outrun the goodness of God. You cannot outrun the kindness of God. It doesn't matter when you get up on a morning, it doesn't matter where you go, there is something coming after you, it's called the said of God. It's called the kindness and the mercy and the grace and the goodness of God. You can't outrun his kindness. You can't escape his kindness. In fact, it says that um, in, in Lamentations 3, it says, No one is cast off for the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his said. In English, his unfailing love. No one will be cut off from the Lord forever. Maybe you're in a place right now in your life where it's like, I'm struggling to see. I know that you promised God that, that, that your has said your kindness is, is, will follow me. But right now it's so far back that I can't even see it. But God promises right now, you will not be cut off from my kindness, my has said forever. No one, everyone say no one. no one. That means there is without exception. 
So don't sit there thinking he's talking about everyone apart from me. Don't think, oh, you don't know what I've done. Don't think, oh, I'm the worst Christian in the world. There is not one single person here who will be cut off from the said of God. No one, no one, no one, no one. If you can't see the goodness of God yet in your life, just hold on. It's coming. It's coming up behind you. But you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. Great is his said. Great is his unfailing love. You will not be cut off from the said of God forever. It pursues you. It runs after you. He crowns you with it. Hallelujah. Psalm um, 136 is, I think there's like 24 verses in that psalm. And every one of them ends with this declaration. Um, it has said, endures forever. It has said, endures forever. It talks about, it, says, it goes through creation. And then says, he has said, endures forever. His salvation, he has said, endures forever. His deliverance, his guidance, his victory, his provision, his freedom. And each time it says, his love, he has said, endures forever. His mercy, his goodness, his grace, his kindness, his loyalty. It goes through the entire history of Israel up until that point. And just time after time, it just says, it's a said, it's kindness, it endures forever. Is there anyone here this morning, you can look back on your life and say, God has been kind to me. You can look back. You know, we, we've got these infants out here this morning and, you know, some of you might be a little bit older than that, but you can look back <laughs> to when you were that age and you can say, you know what, I messed up so many times. I've blown it so many times. I've said and done some stupid stuff. But his love is has said. His kindness endures forever. Amen. Who knows? There's not many things that endure forever. Who knows? That governments endure for about three months in, in our country. <laughs> Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. Circumstances will change. Your health might change. Your financial situation might change. Your house might change. All kinds of stuff will change. But the said, the kindness, the love, the goodness, the grace of God endures forever. It is eternal. It is established. Isaiah 54, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my has said for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. If everything else in your life is shaken, if everything else in your family is shaken, the one thing that can never be shaken, never be removed, never taken away is the said, the goodness, the kindness, the loyalty, the mercy of God. Amen. You will not be cut off from it. And it says there, nor my covenant of peace. That, so again, that word said is linked to the fact that God is loyal and faithful to keep his covenant. 
It's interesting that if you, the word has said is used of a couple of relationships in the Bible. So you remember Naomi and Ruth? Uh, Naomi has two daughters-in-law, but her two sons die. She's on her way back to Bethlehem, and she gets her two daughters-in-law, has said, and Ruth, and says, look, you guys go. I, I, I'm releasing you. Go. You, you, you go back, get new husbands. Um, and um, they both cry and say, no, we don't want to go. And, and, and she says, look, you know, in this culture, in this society, you, you need a husband to make it. Um, and I can't give you a husband. And, and Opah says, well, okay then. And, and with tears, she, she leaves. Um, but Ruth, it says, clung to her and said, where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And later on, Naomi says of Ruth, you have shown me, has said. You have shown me kindness. And then the relationship between David and Jonathan, they should have been rivals, right? By blood, Jonathan should have been the next king. But by prophecy, David was the next king. And who knows that the spirit always trumps the natural. So they should have been rivals. If I was Jonathan, I'd have been like, let's take this guy out. But instead it says, they entered into a covenant of Hesed. And decades later, David searches out Mephibosheth, uh, Jonathan's son who was crippled in both feet. His name literally means the shameful thing. It's a great name. We've got great. Imagine we were dedicating him this morning. <laughs> Come on down, the shameful thing. Um, but it says that David brought him to the king's table and treated him like one of his sons. And he says, I'm doing this because of the covenant of said that I made with Jonathan. Friends, if people are loyal to, show, to keep a covenant of said with other people, how much more is our God a covenant-keeping God, a faithful God? Friends, it doesn't matter what promises God has made over your life. He is faithful. He keeps his promises. He is a covenant-keeping God, a loyal God. Can you say amen? amen? Psalm 145 says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in said. Everyone say rich. Rich, abundant abounding. My cup overflows. This is our God this morning. In fact, again, that word has said, it, one of the root meanings of that word means to go beyond the boundaries. To go beyond the boundaries. So in other words, God comes to you and he gives you as much love, as much kindness, as much mercy, as much goodness, and as much grace as you think you need. But then he says, said, goes beyond that. And he gives us more than you need. He is rich in said. His said is abundant, overflowing, abounding. That's why he saves to the uttermost. That's why he supplies all our needs. That's why he blesses us with every blessing. That's why he forgives all our sins. He heals all all our diseases, that he's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask, think, or imagine. Come on, someone. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I want to kind of, 
<coughs> just begin to just draw this to close the next few minutes, but the ultimate example of God showing us has said, the ultimate example of God going beyond what we deserve was when he gave us Jesus. Amen? First John says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is the said. You remember Peter boasted in how much he loved Jesus? Even if everyone else runs away, I'll, I won't. But John boasted in Jesus' love for him. I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. Who knows, none of us can boast in our love for him. But every one of us can boast in his love for us. This is love. Not that we loved him, but that he loved us. And he gave Jesus the ultimate act of kindness. The ultimate act of mercy. The ultimate act of grace and goodness. Jesus. Amen. I was, again, just studying this word has said in all kinds of Jewish commentaries and Bible dictionaries and all that kind of stuff. And uh, just, just catch this just for, for, just for a moment because this is so powerful. The root meaning of has said, it comes from a root which means this, to bow the head. And so I think it's, it's to do again with covenant. The fact that you would, if two people entered into a covenant with each other, they bow the head to each other as kind of a, of a sign of respect and honor and uh, a mutual kind of uh, loyalty to each other. So that word has said, it means to bow the head. And when I read that, my mind immediately went to Calvary where Jesus, the son of God, was hanging Naked and bleeding on a cross. Nails put through his hands and feet. And as he hung on that cross, he took all of my sin. He took every wrong word, every wrong thought, every wrong motive. He took the wickedness and the perversion and the cruelty of humanity. He took it all. He took the wrath of God. He took the judgment of God, the punishment that brought us peace. He took it. He died the death that we should have died. He took the curse of our sickness. He took the curse of our poverty. He took it all and it says, as he was hanging on the cross, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The ultimate act of kindness, the ultimate act of her said, he bowed his head so that we today can receive the kindness of God. We today can be forgiven. We today can be restored. We can today have eternal life. We can be healed. We can know his goodness. We can know his grace. We can know his mercy. We can be called children of God. We can be called his beloved children. Hallelujah. Glory to God. His head was bowed, but he is the lifter of our heads. He was crowned 
with thorns. He crowns us with her said. He crowns us with loving kindness. Ephesians said, um, Ephesians chapter 2, that because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming riches, in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Great love, rich in mercy, incomparable riches of grace, the kindness of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to close with this. Um, Mark chapter 10. going to wrap this up. It's in five minutes because our time is almost gone. I preached on this passage so many times, but it says in Mark chapter 10 that Jesus was coming to a place called Jericho. And it says there was a blind man called Bartimaeus sat by the side of the road begging. Now Bartimaeus was a Jew. He knew the scriptures. He knew that God had promised, I will never cut you off from my kindness. I will never cut you off from my goodness. And yet he is a man sat by the side of the road, blind and begging. If anyone could have thought, I'm, I can't, literally can't see the goodness of God. I literally feel like I'm cut off from the kindness and the mercy of God. It's me. Do you ever just feel like life is just you sat by the side of the road, not much happening, just surviving day after day, waiting and hoping and longing and praying for something to shift, something to change? Come on, be real with me this morning. But it says this. He heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. He heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Exodus 34, the Lord passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in said. Thousands of years before, Moses, God passed in front of him and said, I'm the God that abounds in mercy. And thousands of years later, there's a blind beggar. And once again, Yahweh, Adonai, now in the person of his son, passes by a man. And what does he begin to shout? Jesus, son of David, have said on me. And I think this is so powerful. 
that Moses, the great prophet, the friend of God, Yahweh kept walking by. All he got was a word. But it says that at the cry of Bartimaeus, Yahweh stopped and said, bring him to me. And he touched him with kindness. He touched him with a said. And there's one thing I know about Jesus. If you get passionate enough, and if you get desperate enough, and if you get hungry enough, and you get thirsty enough, he'll stop for you every single time. And even if you feel like a blind beggar sat by the side of the road, if you'll cry out for his said, he'll show you. He'll show you. Why don't we stand this morning? Worship team, can you just come up? We're just going to sing one song. Just right now, why don't you just close your eyes and... I want you to know this morning that God is not who you think he is. And I say that to Christians in this room. And I say that to me in this room. Sometimes I think that God's like me. A bit grumpy. A bit temperamental. But God tells us who he is. He's not how the church often portrays him or how religion often portrays him or how we think he is. He's a God who abounds in said. He's a God who abounds in loving kindness, in covenant loyalty, in goodness and grace and mercy. Right now, the same God that passed in front of Moses thousands of years ago is passing along the rows of this building this morning. And he's declaring to you, I am who I am. I'm the gracious God. I'm the forgiving God. I'm the loving God. I'm the one who abounds with a said. And if you want an example of it, look to the cross. I, I gave my only son for you. And he bowed his head so that you, your head could be lifted up and you could see the kindness of God at work in your life. And I don't know if we've got any Bartimaeuses here this morning that feel that life is just passing them by, that you're in that place of survival, not thriving. You're in that place where you just feel like that beggar by the side of the road. You're wondering, where is the goodness of God? But if you cry out to Jesus this morning, if you call on the name of the Lord this morning, He will stop for you and He will touch you and you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Come on, right now, just for one minute, just lift our voices in prayer right now and just call on the name of Jesus right now. Oh, Jesus, 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 we call on your name. We call on your name. We call on your name. Jesus, Son of David, Jesus, Son of the Beloved, have mercy on us. 
And it says they tried to shut him up. They tried to tell him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. He shouted even louder. Come on, just cry out to Jesus right now. Just shout out his name right now. Jesus! 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 We want to see your goodness. We need your healing. We need your power. We need your deliverance. Oh God, show us your kindness. Show us your glory. Jesus! 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 Come on, shout out to Jesus. Shout out to Jesus. Get desperate for God. If you can't get desperate for the one who passes in front of you and says, I am a God who abounds in kindness. I am the God who abounds in goodness. I'm just waiting for someone to get desperate. I'm waiting for someone to lay a hold of me. I'm laying, I'm waiting for someone to cry out to me and I will stop for them. I will visit their church. I will visit their family. I will visit their home. I will visit their city. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you. Jesus.